We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mr. Davis, it is rapid fire time, my I'm friend. Ready. This is your first one, right? This is your is. first rapid fire. This is awesome. Okay. So I'm going to give you some questions and you're just going to tell me exactly what you think and feel. I may respond to some, may not others, but this is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of different subjects. So let's get things kicked off, Sean, with, and I've got a bonus one for you. Okay. okay. At the end. Number one, the NFL scouting combine starts this week. Mm-hmm. Who has more to gain this week at the NFL Scouting Combine, Michael Mayer or Isaiah Foskey, and why? Isaiah Foskey, because of the film from this last year. Michael Mayer was dominant, even without a big-time quarterback. NFL teams have seen that. They've seen his film for previous years. He solidified. He's in the first round, top 15, in my opinion. Isaiah Foskey has an opportunity to possibly get in the back end of the first round. If not, he's going to settle into the second round. If he fails to show uh, scouts what they want, uh, he could he slip to the third round? Uh, I doubt it. it I mean, I, I'm, this is I, a very deep defensive draft class. So I think he has more to lose than anyone. But I expect him to show off really well and show his athleticism. I really do. I think he's going to test really well. I think the one thing that's going to bother a lot of people is that when he went up against – Really big tackles. He struggled. Long guys. And he's going to face that in the NFL. Because, Sean, what is the first film that NFL teams going to be popping in? It's going to be Ohio State. State. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he did yeah. not play well against Ohio State. No. no. So, and, All, and he and, faced the same type of uh, tackle the next week against Marshall. Right. And he didn't play. And then well. Stanford. What mm-hmm. they were, they, they were, I forget which guy came back for that game, Rouse or Hinton. One of those two came back. I think it was the end kid, right? And he struggled in that game as well. And mm-hmm. and Stanford had some very long tight ends. And so, uh, yes, I agree with you. I think that's a great point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number two, Maryland guard Mason Lunsford tweeted that he was going to visit Notre Dame this week, but the Irish staff nixed that. Do you buy or sell that Notre Dame should consider a guard in the transfer portal? Man, I wish I could go 50-50 here, but for the sake of what I believe in, as far as what Notre Dame has in this youth movement behind Blake Fisher and Joe Alt and Zeke Carell, I'm going to go with staying with what you have. So you're going to sell. sell on that. Absolutely. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, to me, the only way I look at a guard, Sean, is if it's a dude. Yeah. I mean, it has to be a – and I'm not talking about a dude from a, a a group of five school. I'm talking about a dude from <laughs> a power five school that you're like, yeah, that guy's too good to say no to. Absolutely. Otherwise, give me – spend the reps on Billy Shrouth. Spend the reps on Christophic. Spend the reps on Ty Chan. Spend the reps on Michael Carmody. Spend the reps on Bill, Rocco Spindler. Spend the reps on Sam Pendleton. That's where I want those reps spent this spring. Yeah. And Ashton Craig, all of them. Yes, I'm with you. Sean, number three, if you were the Chicago Bears, mm. who would you rather have a quarterback for the next five years? Mm -hmm. Justin Fields or Bryce Young? Oh, simple. I'm taking Justin Fields. And not because I'm looking at them saying who's the better quarterback, but I'm looking at what you need to do overall for this team. This team has a ton of holes that you need to fill over the next two years in free agency and the draft. And the way you do that, is by using the best assets you have, and that's the number one overall pick. You trade back to two, let the Houston Texans give you something, and then you trade back to four and let the Colts give you something, and you end up with the, the fourth pick and the 12th pick in the first round, and you go and get Jalen Carter at four, and then you can go offensive line at 12, or possibly you can go defensive back with the Witherspoon or one of the, the other kid from Oregon that's climbing up the charts in the first round, the Gonzalez kid. It's a lot of different ways you can go, but you have so many holes to fill that you just can't say, let's go get Bryce Young at one. And then, you know, no, I, I think you go ahead and build over the next two years in a week, in a week, very weak NFC. That's my opinion. I'm not saying he's going to be the better quarterback in five years, but I'm saying this is the best thing to do overall for the organization over the next five years. He's the best quarterback for the Bears. Let me ask you this. Here's my follow-up. 
Here's my re- my response, not a rebuttal, but a, re- a counter offer. If you're a Chicago Bears, who would you rather have at quarterback the next five years? Justin Fields at one, and then taking some, or t- Justin Fields, and then taking somebody else at one, or trading Justin Fields, getting two day two picks out of it, and trading one to four, and still getting Bryce Young with the picks that you would add. Nah, with that trade. They're so you're still going this unproven. is a crazy thing. Even though the unproven quarterbacks are unproven, they have more value than, than Justin Fields. They just do. Right? Because guys feel like this is my guy. No one's going to feel like Justin Fields is their guy. Right? These teams, you have five teams that are quarterback starved in the top 10. Five. And we got a report that four of those teams have already made offers to the Chicago Bears. Like this is it doesn't get any better than this. You got 98 million in cap space for free agency. Number one pick, four teams giving you offers. Ryan Poles, this is Eminem at his best. You only get one shot. Mm-hmm. You only get one shot at this to get it right. And what they need to do is get as much draft equity as they can to fill all of the holes that they have over the next two years. Because you're not just getting picks in 23. You're making sure teams are giving you picks in the first right. two rounds in the 24 draft. If you're trading well. down from one. You're definitely getting 24. Absolutely. No Absolutely. And that was my question, Sean, is like, do you trade down from uh, one to four and knowing you're going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud there and then also trade Justin Fields for a couple day two picks, second, third rounders? That was my question because then you're loading up on picks was was where I was coming from on that. The only way I'm doing that, and that's man, whew, if I'm you'd Ryan have to Poles, get the quarterback at would, four first, then I trade be, fields. I would be putting my job on the line. Oh yeah, but that move that would be yeah. gutsy. That would be if I'm look if I'm acquiring picks. This is just me. If I'm acquiring picks, I just punt. If I'm punting on the season. If I'm talking about trading Justin Fields, then I'm basically saying I'm looking to be in the top five again next year. That, that's what I'm telling my fan base, right? And if I'm in the top five again next year and I've acquired more picks, then I'm going after Drake May and Caleb Williams. That's, I got to say, that's what I got to say, I'm a little surprised by your – everything you said is perfectly rational. I just know how much you love Bryce Young. That's why I'm a yeah. little surprised by it because no, the way I was, not, I thought I could, because I, I thought I could get you, I thought nah, I could get you with it nah. by giving you Bryce at four, no, and no. the picks you'd get from trading down, and no. the picks you get from Justin Fields. So no. it's interesting, no, because Bryce, that see, I'm all about putting young men, no matter who it is, whether it's Will Levis, C.J. Stroud. When it comes to the quarterback, I want that quarterback to be put in the right position. Bryce Young. Coming to Chicago would not be the right situation for Bryce Young. It's just not at this time. It would. Do you still feel like Justin Fields is a guy you believe you want to give another shot? It's part of it because you feel you want to give him one more shot. Well, you have to feel like you have to feel like that if you're watching what Jalen Hurst just did. Sure, you have to feel like that because they have similar traits, and you say to yourself, "We can give him two number one wide receivers and add a top." You know, well, Dallas Goddard is a much better pass receiving tight end to Cole Komet, who who has really come on. Different. He's different. He's different. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. different. And you give him that dominant offensive line. Well, that run game was like top five anyway this year because of him mainly, but you still improve that offensive line. 
I'll say this, and Bears fans that are in the chat, they'll tell you, I don't know how they were in games in the fourth quarter this year, but they were. Mm-hmm. As bad as the roster was, they were in games in the fourth quarter, and at least four to five games could have gone the other way. So if you add enough talent, like they, like I said, the one thing I said, believe that Ryan Pohl said that I loved, which shows me that this is not just – he's just not grabbing for 23. He said just because I have $98 million doesn't mean I'm spilling, spending it all. Yeah. So he knows over the course of two years, this is what I have to spend. Got to spend it smart. I, I have to spend it smart. So I'm like, okay, he's he's trying to build this in the right way. Is this his second off season? No, this is his first off season. First full off season. No, no, so- no this is his second off season. I take that okay. back. This is his second off season. Yeah, he got in late, going into last year, prior to the combine and the draft. Number now, four. This, this draft is okay. Okay. Number four, Sean. Major League Baseball adding play clocks makes mm. you feel what? Blank. Makes me feel weird, right? Because I love the game. I love the rule changes. I love the shift because it's bringing the single back into the game. More men on base. You see more bunch. You see more stolen bases you, with you, the bigger you bases like their, and everything. You like the shift? Are you referring to them going yes, getting away they, from it? They got away from the shift, okay, so I'm seeing you. a lot of ground balls get through the infield now. That would have been outs last year. That's more base runners, more runs, more excitement. The bigger bases, people are willing to steal a little bit more. And then the pitch clock, it speeds up the game. You know, they're talking about on the average, it cut 20 minutes off the games in the minor leagues because they've been using it for the past three seasons. So for me, I'm all for it. I think it's really good for the game. Are there going to be some bumps in the road with, you know, everything being left up to the umpire's discretion? Yes, but hopefully when they get into key situations in big-time games, whether it's regular season or playoffs, they'll have enough sense to know that his base is loaded two outs in the bottom of the ninth. I'm not about to decide this game based upon the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. I hope they have enough sense to do that. You're giving them a lot more credit than I would. I said I hope. I yeah. said I hope because what we saw, I think right now they can do it because they know these games don't count, Right. But when they get into a tense situation or a big series, hopefully cooler heads will kind of take over and they'll understand. I don't want to be a part of the game. Let me let the let me allow the players to uh, decide this. I hate it, Sean. I hate it. I, I understand. I, I do. I do. I think it's so. I'm dumb. a traditionalist. That's why yes, it's, weird it's to just me. like, oh, yeah. let's make the game shorter. Okay, you're gonna make mm-hmm. chicken, you're gonna make tickets cheaper now that the games are shorter. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think it's unnecessary. I, I think it's dumb. I think they're trying to appeal to a to a, a an audience that's not going to want to watch market. baseball anyway. Yeah, I, it, we see them do. Baseball does this all the time. They keep changing rules to appeal to a market that's never going to pay attention to them. <laughs> you know, like do a better job of of getting into communities. This is how Major League Baseball comes back. Spend your money getting back into communities. Yeah. Get back into to, to, to inner cities. Get back into rural areas where kids are now playing soccer or basketball or lacrosse or, you know, depending on the region you're in. Get baseball back to that, right? Sponsor yeah. little leagues moving forward. Buy them their equipment, you know. Get kids playing the game again, and then they will grow up loving your game. I don't think that this – what it does is you're going to turn, I think, this is just my thought, you're going to turn off more people then you're going to turn on with things like this. And I was actually contemplating getting back to watching baseball again this year until the rule changes. Like I like the shift thing. 
like I, I agree with you. It's it's good that you're seeing more singles, but my whole thing is how about teaching guys how to hit the opposite field? You know what I mean? But like you couldn't you couldn't do a shift against Barry Larkin back in the day because he would just he would bat 400 because he'd just keep hitting the ball between first and second base. Yeah. And you just got these other guys that they're just their swing is such that they're just incapable of doing that. And so yeah. I just think Rob Manfred is is by far, by <laughs> far the worst. I don't know. Gary yeah. Bettman is pretty bad. I don't know who that is. I don't Gary, follow him. Yeah, Gary okay, Bettman. Of American, of American sports, he's the worst commissioner that there is of the of the predominantly American sports. So yeah. uh, I just think he's awful. I think he's absolutely awful. And and I just – I some of the change they made, like you said, the shift, I'm fine with that. If they're not going to teach guys how to hit properly, then that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Bring the shift back. But, like, speeding – I don't need to speed up the game. Like, I, I – that's just part – I mean, that's part of the game that makes it fun. You know, I want to watch – like when they did all stuff for offense, like some of the greatest games I ever saw, greatest – one of the greatest games I ever saw, Sean, was as a kid watching Jack Morris and John Smoltz battle in a low-scoring – that was baseball. Yeah. And if you can't sell how great that is – like I saw somebody saying, well, you know, uh, it's, it's like baseball, ball's put into play like every, I don't know, like 18 minutes or something. I'm like – if you think the ball being put in play is the only thing where action is going on in a baseball game, then you don't know baseball and baseball is doing a bad job of selling that. That's my thing. I will so, one, one rule that's weird to me. Like I know the pitch clock for the pitcher. Right. Right. Why does the batter have to be in the box? Because that way he's in there. So the pitcher can start his what process. Do do? If the pitcher pitches the ball, yeah, and the amount of time you call yeah. the strike of the ball that yeah. they will get in the box. Then I'm with you on that, right? Like I, I watched a college game the other day, and the guy was getting in the box, but he didn't get in quite fat. Pitcher wasn't even into his motion yet. And they called a yeah. strike. Yeah, it's just stupid. Like, you know, it's like it's like the ghost runner like, thing they have now, and that's you one know, thing that the ump should be able to say. I don't need yeah. a clock. Hey, get in the box. Right. I mean, get in the right. box. We we heard that from man. Little League umps used to tell us that all the time. Yeah. All right. Get in the box. Right. Get back in the box. It's it's amazing how the more they try to change the game, they don't realize that this actually getting a little bit worse. Yes. Oh, and that's that's that is the Sean. You just epitomized the entire Rob Manfred era right mm-hmm. there. Every move you make makes the game worse. Yeah. Almost, almost every single one makes it worse. Like, I, what are these big bases thing? I don't even know what that's about. I saw something like that the other day. What are these big bases things? It's like for safety and supposed to encourage stealing bases and all of that stuff. It's you know they give their reasons for safety. Yeah, certain epidemic of guys breaking their ankles on the first base thing. Yeah, it was last year. It was a lot of guys getting hurt. They teach guys how to run the bases bases. better. It hasn't been an issue for a hundred years. You guys clearly aren't being taught how to run properly. You have crap cleats, whatever. Because they, they, right. they, they want to hit the ball out of the park and walk around the bases. That's what they want to do. Oh, I know running the first base, uh, it does save the first baseman from getting stepped on. But that happens a lot. You extend the base now as he Let's holds make the, bag, the softest sport in America even softer. Fight. Hey. You can't collision the catcher anymore. We're avoiding first base collisions. 
what are we paying these guys hundreds of millions of dollars for, Sean? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. It's the softest sport I've ever seen. Soccer is more physical than this at this point. I don't know if you – well, I'm, I'm sure soccer players have, but I don't know if you've ever been spiked in the lower ankle. Oh, I have. But that's it's part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if my I could avoid it, I would be like, yeah, that's up and off. Oh, goodness that's gracious. That's the worst. All Let's right. Go. Number five, mm-hmm. blank will be the talk of the Notre Dame spring coming out, and this can be a player or a coach. Can I do a group of players? Sure. The Notre Dame linebackers. Okay. Positively or negatively, and then explain. Positively. Positively. Because I think they're one of the biggest questions that most people have going into the spring. And I think the work and the expectation that's going to come from that sophomore class with guys like Nolan Ziggler, Jalen Sneed, the expectations for a Prince Collie, and then knowing that you have the leadership of J.D. Bertrand right there in the middle coming back, who really was trending upward at the end of last season and played a great Gator Bowl, I think there's going to be a lot of expectations around that linebacker position because they need to step up. Like, that's the position that really needs to step up to solidify that defense because the back end, in my opinion, is solid. Solid to great. Like, we'll see what the safeties do because the cornerbacks, fantastic. Love it. Right. Does Clarence Lewis move the safety? Does he make the safety group better? You know, Ramon Henderson, Xavier Watts, what, what's going to happen with them? Do they take the next step? It's, for me, it's about those linebackers, right? Because I think they have enough up front to have a solid group. I really do. I think they have enough numbers. Those linebackers, especially in the run game and out in space, if they can really make things happen, because you already know Al Golden is definitely going to use the linebackers to blitz. That, that's not a question. <laughs> they're going to get their opportunity to get the quarterback. So they'll be involved with that as well. I say the linebackers. I think you're going to hear a lot of good things. And behind that, I expect one of the freshman wide receivers. Okay. To have expectations. You almost got where I'm going to go with this one. Okay. You got the second position correct. Mm-hmm. It won't be a freshman. The talk of spring ball for Notre Dame coming out, it's going to be, in my my prediction, Tobias Merriweather. He's been I think talk. he's going to be yeah, a dude. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. He's going to be a dude, I think, this offseason. I do. Yeah. I think I think he's going to come out hungry. I think he's going to be a guy that Sam Hartman really likes throwing the ball to. Do you think? And <laughs> Yeah. And he's going to be a guy that we're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to see Tobias in, this, in, this, in the yeah. fall. That's yeah. going to be mine. That's going to be mine. Sam Hartman's like, how many catches did he have last year? <laughs> you only threw him the ball once? Once? <laughs> the freaking heck were you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. We've been asking the same question. Uh, yes. Uh, here's a bonus one for you, Sean. Which Illinois sports team provides you with the most angst this season? Has provided you with the most angst and frustration this, this season? season? So it oh. could be Bulls, baseball, mm-hmm. it could be University of Illinois basketball, mm-hmm. whoever mm-hmm. you want. You can go. You can yeah. be the Blackhawks, wherever you want to go. Yeah. Which Illinois sports team has provided you with the most angst and frustration this season? I'm at peace with the Blackhawks. Okay. They gave me a dynasty. It's the end of the dynasty. We lost Patrick Kane, but we knew we were built. We were going to a full rebuild. I'm fine with that, right? Illinois has won the most games in the Big Ten over the last two seasons. I have no problem. Like, I don't like the way things are going this year, but I'm fine with my line right? Solid. Got a big-time kid coming in from Chicago next year. Things are bright. Talk about the Chicago Bears. I like where they're trending. So it's not a lot of angst. Because I was pulling for them to get the number one pick. So there was no angst connected to their losses this year, right? 
Thank you, Lovey Smith, for getting that last win for us as well. Beautiful job. The consulting check is in the mail, right? Go to the Chicago Bulls. Lots of disappointment, right? Lonzo Ball, when he was playing, they were the number one seed in the East. He gets hurt. All of a sudden, they take a step back. They go down to the fifth seed. It becomes a difficult task, and they've never recovered. They just never recovered. I didn't really want them to re-sign Zach Levine. I wanted them to kind of reboot, but here we are. They're stuck. You know, they added Patrick Beverly, hometown kid. Everybody has some excitement. Hopefully they can get into the top six and get a good showing in the playoffs and hopefully get Lonzo Ball healthy next year and a speedy recovery to his brother, the younger brother that fractured his ankle mm-hmm. last night. Now I come to the darn White Sox. <laughs> who took this entire fan base through a full rebuild, promising consistency and multiple playoffs with playoff series wins. And we've yet to have one playoff series win. Not one. With a team full of guys that you got via trade when you depleted the team and sold off the best players. Then we lose our leader in Jose Abreu, who just happens to go to the world champions. They get better. They take our best player, add him to the team that just won this World Series. And what are we left with? Nothing but young players that have failed to live up to expectations. That were picked to win a division last year and lost by 10 games to the youngest team in all of baseball. That mocked us in the locker room after they clinched on our field. It's easily the Chicago White Sox. It's not even close. The levels of angst that the White Sox have given me, I'm talking about bottle throwing. I'm talking about screaming. I'm talking about anger in my sleep, waking up, still angry. It's just it's too much. It's too much. And I think I need to take a step back, Brian, this year and have a more realistic set of expectations for this team. Just assume they're going to be trash, and if yes. they're not trash, make you feel better? They're, they're going to be very mid. They're going to be a mid-baseball okay. team, and when they surprise me, I can enjoy the highs of the surprises and just roll with the punches of the lows that I know are coming. And just remember, you did promise me a game. Absolutely. Because hey. I've never I've been to Wrigley, but I've never been yeah. there. One thing Jerry Reinsdorf will give you, basketball team and baseball team might not be that good. But his stadiums are fantastic experiences for fans. That's why they're always top five in attendance <laughs> with terrible teams. Sean, we, we, we're not going to do a mail tr- traditional mailbag, but there was a couple things I wanted to get to and address before we get out of here. T Guns uh, with Super Chat. He says, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Common and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Obviously, very appropriate with the, the Joe Rudolph conversation yes uh so thank you for that tommy chino aguire with a super chat thank you very much chino appreciate you very 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 much uh, steve Doty had a question here steven Doty had a question he said since uh techniques and calls for gap versus inside outside zone are so different aside from buck do you anticipate uh joe rudolph adding more of his usual gap stuff from wisconsin virginia tech i think you can i think you can marry the two together as I said, as long as you're not trying to major in all of them, that's my thing. I think there are some wrinkles. And and so what does that mean, Stephen? It means like your gap stuff, you're a little limited on what you'll run it against. You won't mm-hmm. teach it against every front. You'll know you get some looks that you like it against and you'll run it against those looks. And if you don't get those looks, you just don't run it as much. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's a little bit more of how it'll look. I, I think you can marry some of that stuff together and the calls are different. Sure. But I think it, it can be married together if it's done as a compliment, not as another bread and butter, right? Like your bread and butter's inside zone and outside zone, your bread and butter's duo, you know, and, and, and those type of things. And okay. So, so what's your, what, what's, what's your wrinkle going to be? Okay. We're going to get to the perimeter. We're going to run stretch. We're going to run outside zone and all that, but we're going to have some, some stuff where, cause if you're running stretch, Sean and, or, or outside zone, and, and again, same blocking concept, but one is a pistol. I hand off the others, a, you know, shotgun, you know, wide swipe or fast yeah. swipe, uh wide handoff type of look that that's good and it works but if you can complement that with some pin and pull stuff where guys are thinking oh here comes outside zone and bam mm. you know you're pinning them down and getting guys pulling you can start you you can really catch them with that but it's a yeah. wrinkle yeah. not a not a it's not a bread and butter uh, so I, I love it because you know, i want to clarify you know because earlier when i was talking about making everything fun for the players i wasn't talking about bringing anything new into the game i remember man we ran flex offense which is a very – anybody that plays basketball, that offense has been around in high schools for about 100 years, right? And when we ran it, trying to learn it, we weren't running it against defense. And old, when we went up against defense, Brian, and we started learning the counters off of what we could do, we loved the offense. So my point is, you know, you can do do what, whatever, like you said, whatever the one system is, yeah, absolutely. That's what I was talking about. Bang that. Bang that. Just bang that. But then when you have something that's a wrinkle off that that you can go to and bring it in the second half, that's that's fun. When players know that they have counters off of the main thing that they do. And so one that that's for me, that's what's always made sports fun. Like we used to get signs from the third base coach. You know that basically let us do two things based upon what the off what the defense was looking like, you know, and that's what makes it fun. And I think when you have an offensive line that goes to a game knowing who they are, which you want that that unit to know who they are, but coming off of that, they know that they have some things that are really fun that they can get to. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I'm looking forward to what you and Ryan talked about with everything that can be a wrinkle that's, that came from that. Do you think the H-back, which was very prominent in Wisconsin, fullback H-back, do you think that becomes a wrinkle for Notre Dame? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
I think it can. I mean, you've got Davis Sherwood, who's who's more. I mean, he's listed a tight end, but he's more of an H back. Mm-hmm. I think a guy like Holden Stace. I think there's some things you could do with like Jack Larson in that role. That mm-hmm. yes, again, as a wrinkle, sure. Because here's the thing, you can do some things pass game wise. You can do things with split zone out of those looks where you're kind of in it, it's it's 12 personnel, but you're getting 12 21 personnel alignments out of it. That you can do, uh, pass game wise, run game wise. Sure, I mean it's it's a it's a wrinkle, but yes, there's certainly some things that you can do with that. I just like, it, it, well, let's bring up another question to kind of I think goes along with this. Sean is is we had a question from Ernest Ur- Urbanic. It's going to lead right into the conversation I was about to have. Annette Urbanic says, "I would like to see some needed adjustments at halftime. Do y'all think oh. I'll get my wish this year? Perhaps I think so. I'll give you an example of what I'm referring to here. This was going to go to Sean." I was watching the Iowa game in 2019. It was one of the games I was breaking down. Wisconsin hit a couple runs here and there, but as you know, Wisconsin, Iowa's just got a really good run defense. And so they they started – so mid-zone, for example, is a play that you normally run away from the tight end. And and so – because, you, you know, you need that backside – you need that backside blocker, right? And a lot of teams that run mid zone, you run it to the same side, you run inside. It's a, it's very similar to inside zone as far as the look. It looks more like outside zone, but, you know, the looks you want to run it against are more like inside zone. And so they were just, or first half, they were they were running their their G, their counters. They were running their, their, their gap schemes. They were running some stuff, and it, they were running their draws, and Iowa was just kind of eating them up. Second half, they made an adjustment. So what they started doing in the second half, Sean, is they basically started running lead zone. And so they, but they were running it strong side. And so they were basically kind of lock blocking on the backside so that the tackle wouldn't and the guard weren't like reaching in and up because they had the lead blocker. They could then kind of stay more backside on the zone looks and the mid zone looks. And so they could kind of lock that backside edge. And then the backside guard and center were now working up to the backside backer instead of trying to get to that play side backer. And then they just took the fullback and just led him on that play side backer. So you were focusing on getting a harder double team at the point of attack. It was almost like the old school lead, but it looked like a zone to me. But they went to that in the second half, and Iowa just, they just were ripping Iowa with it, you know, just five yards, six yards. And then boom, they break a couple. And that was a halftime adjustment where they were like, this is what they're doing to us. Let's, let's put some wrinkles in there and hit them with this, which, we hadn't done a ton. They hadn't done a ton up to that point in time and had success with it. And then they obviously came out in the second half and, and, and won the game against Iowa. So you, you'll see some of those things, right? And and you, you've got to be able to have those wrinkles, but that's something you know you could do with an H-back. I don't see Notre Dame being able to do something like that. I don't know if that's going to be their wheelhouse because Wisconsin uses their fullback a lot. They run a lot of lead draw and stuff like that. Like It was easy to adjust to that for them. Uh, they run a lot of like inside zone with a fold. You know where where they'll fold the the tight end or the fullback. You know, so mm-hmm. so instead of because a lot of inside zone, you have the tackle, the backside tackle, and the backside guard will kind of combo block or like do, double team up to the next level, and yeah. then the the tight end will kind of he's the split guy. He's got to get to the backside. Yeah. Well, what they would do is they'd run inside zone, but they would have the tackle block out on the backside, and then just fold that fullback inside, thinking. He can fold up to the second level faster right. than these two guys can combo up to the second level against a team where maybe they're really kicking our butt on that backside and they're just crashing our backside and those linebackers are getting free. 
Yeah. And so they would have some wrinkles like that, that you say, boy, that's some, that's some creative stuff. And I, and I liked those wrinkles. And, and I, and so I think that you can, you can build with some of that into what Notre Dame is doing, but it has to be built in with more of who Notre Dame is. And, and yes, they can do some wrinkles with those type of looks, but I don't think they can major in those things. And, and so, but like maybe they have a, their goal line package has some lead ISO stuff. And then you realize like, look, I think this can work out in the field because the way they're playing us, it's a quick little adjustment at halftime to, to make that wrinkle. Hey, we don't have a backside guy because we're not running this out of 13 or 22 personnel. Now we're going to run it out of 11. Here's the quick adjustment, but we think we can catch them with a couple in the second half. And you could do something like that, yeah. but I, I don't know if it'll be something that I hope it's not something that becomes their bread and butter because Notre Dame has way more athletes on the perimeter than Wisconsin ever had. And I don't want to lose that because you're trying to bring the Wisconsin offense to South Bend. No, I, I don't want that. No. Right. And I know you're not advocating for that. I'm just saying like, no. that's where you got to be careful of, okay, how much of this do you want to bring in? Then how much do you bring in in year one? Like, let's focus on getting some of this lead stuff. I mean, this, this, uh, this pin and pull perimeter stuff going, let's get that going first. Then let's let's get really good at the zone stuff and things like that. Let's get really good at, at who we are inside zone, outside zone, duo, counter. You know, out. You know, the, we're going to hammer that, and then we'll work on the wrinkles with the G scheme stuff or the gaps. You know, the gap stuff. Then maybe add a wrinkle here, wrinkle there as you get into fall camp. Maybe it's more yeah. opponent related. Yeah. You know, year two, you maybe add some, but like I don't want this to be a slow mold and slow build to get to where Wisconsin was. That's what I don't want. My under, I don't think that's what they're bringing Joe Rudolph in to do. Now, my sources have said that that he's adapting to them, and then being able to use his experience in certain things to to expand what they do. It's not a hey, we're bring. Like, so, for example, when I got hired at Chris for Newport, one of the things was they were a pure power running team, and they just could not throw the football. Mm-hmm. So my job was to, and I I was just at Duquesne. We had a great pass attack, you know. The, just big time players. We just won a championship, national championship. And so it was like, Hey, we need you to bring, we need you to take our passing game to a different level. So I was, we started doing more 10 personnel, more 11 personnel, more stuff from the gun. Like we were, we were overhauling because they had felt they'd hit their kind of, they'd kind of gone as far as they could as a program with that power running stuff. That was meant to take it to another place. That's not what you're bringing Joe, Joe Rudolph in to do in my opinion. So you got to be careful with how much of that you, you want to bring in and, you know, and and go that way. So like, you know, if you talk about like wrinkles, my wrinkles that I want to focus on right now are what are the wrinkles we can do with zone? What are the wrinkles we can do with duo? What are the wrinkles we can do with our bread and butters? And then we'll work on gap scheme, but I don't want to get too much into it. Let's be able to trick you with the fullback here. Let's do this here. That'll come in time right now. Get good at your at, at what your base is, and then find instead of running zone three ways, let's run it eight ways. Yeah, as opposed to you know we got five run plays now we're going to do twelve. Give me five run plays, but give me six, seven, eight, nine more ways to run those five run plays. Right, that's what I'd rather see, and that's what I hope they stay with, in my opinion. But that's where that fullback stuff you can do is because you are still running inside zone, but this team and- is kicking your butt with backside pursuit, so you're changing how you're going to get to that backside backer. And now you're going to have your your guard and center are now going to combo block on that one technique to the backside linebacker, yeah. and you're just going to wrap. You're just going to fold your your H back up to get the lead guy because you weren't able to get. So like in a lot of inside zones, your guard and center will work a combo up to that play side inside backer. Right. Well, if if they're kicking your butt. 
then you now say, okay, we can't block that guy, so we're going to just not run zone anymore? No. We're going to do our combo. Our check is now the center and guard are going to combo and pick off the backside pursuit backer, and we're now going to send our out of 12 personnel or 11 personnel. You can do it out of 11 personnel, really, especially if you get like some jet sweep action to occupy that backside end. You just fold that sucker up inside, and now he's lead blocking on that play side inside linebacker has been kicking your butt. You're, you're running inside zone. You just made a little adjustment for your play side or call side guard and center, and then you're you're using the fullback differently. But it's inside zone. Give me wrinkles like that as opposed to let's add this new man concept that allows us to get an ISO on the play side inside backer. Yeah. That's where I would rather be, to be yeah. honest with you, yeah. when I look at it. I know they successfully were able to run outside from that offset H-back look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was constant. Because that's so. who, that they major in that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and so like Notre Dame can use that as a wrinkle, but it has to be mm-hmm. a wrinkle off of it has to be a compliment to their bread and butter. Yeah. Not another slice to their bread and butter. To their bread sandwich. And butter. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then the last thing here, we got some from David Lowe. Brian, throw me a bone. Are we feeling good about CJ Carr? Yes, we are. We had a big up, up uh, Intel piece the other day on the site and uh, talked about that. It was one of many recruits we talked about, but everyone that I talked to, recruits that that we as a staff talk to whether it's recruits you guys talk to recruits i talk to other sources there's nobody that i know that 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 believes that there's anything to worry about with cj Carr. yeah but david that he's gonna ask again we're gonna just gonna have to keep reassuring him yeah this is why you need to be on the message board man that's just that's just the way this it is why is, you gotta limit you know? the, the people you listen to okay <laughs> so i, I you, know. you know what i never i never felt like cj was an issue yeah, I don't. Uh, apparent, and I don't know who, but apparently somebody reported that he's not sold, or so, I don't know, man. I don't read other people's stuff, yeah. so now everybody's panicking. And I don't know who reported it, but I, I can only tell you what we, what our sources tell us. Oh. That's it. I can't, and I'm not even getting into this person's wrong. I don't know what was reported. I only know what somebody said. That somebody said that somebody said what he, what was reported. I don't even know who it was, but everything we've been told, it's there's no issue. So there, he's well, locked in. He's leading the class. Funny. That's funny. So, he was he was sold right. on the previous OC, right? He's not sold on Chad Parker. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Let me stop. I'm being petty right now. I'm being petty. Let me stop. Let's go back to being juicy. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's oh goodness. Well, Sean, that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining me today on our first ever. IB Nation sports talk show with you and I. So uh, we're not Sean Styers. Sean does it a very special way. We did our best to hold it down while Sean was out, but uh, I believe he'll be back tomorrow, depending on how good the internet connection is where he's going to, because he's headed to the ACC women's basketball tournament with the uh, number one seed, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Niall Ivy was just named the ACC coach of the year. Uh, Notre Dame also clinched the ACC championship this weekend with a victory over um, Louisville. Great win over Louisville. So certainly a, a lot, a lot going on with that basketball team. The other one, mm-hmm. not so much. But at least the women's team is things are rolling. Twenty four and four, I think, is what they'll finish the regular season out now. So uh, it's certainly good to see uh, Coach Ivy has got that team going around pretty quick because she inherited. It was a bit of a mess when she walked in with that last year that Coach McGraw had, and then COVID and all that. It was a, it's been a bit of a mess. So she's been able to get her between recruiting and the transfer portal have both helped a ton. Uh, change the coaching staff around a little bit, a little bit this year, and they're rocking and rolling. So we got a little bet going on, myself and Malik. Okay, who what gets is a it? national? Who gets a national championship first? 
Oh, Coach Marcus Ivey, Nail. Yeah. Okay. Interesting one. Yeah. Very interesting one. Who who are you? Who's your money on? Coach Knight. Coach Nile. Okay. Ivy. I'm sorry. Let me text Coach Freeman real quick. Let him know that Sean Coach, Davis hey, has officially sold him hey, out for Coach Ivy. I didn't sell him out, man. <laughs> I'm just looking at what the what the programs are. Like you said, no, they just doing won a great the regular job. season. Yeah. And they got three five. Well, one of their five star guards is already on campus. That's right. Cass Prosper. She's already on campus. But then Hannah Hidalgo and Emma Hurt, Emma Rich, show up next year. So yeah, they're they're pretty loaded. I mean, they're pretty loaded. She's she's doing her thing. They only, the only person they lose that's currently on, on playing, I mean, Dar- Dara Mabry's done, but she's right. already hurt. But Lauren Ebo, I think, is the only one that they lose from this year's team, at, yeah. at least from an eligibility-wise standpoint. So yeah. they can go find the next Lauren Ebo in the transfer portal. They'll be they'll be all right because they got some they got some guards coming in now. So they'll, well, they'll well, be the, deep at guard next year. Malik went with Coach Freeman, and he said he thinks the Don Staley Mountain is a little bit tougher. Okay. Than what Marcus Freeman has to face. Yeah, I'm I'm going to disagree with that simply because Coach Ivy can recruit every bit as well as Don Staley in women's mm-hmm. basketball, whereas Notre Dame's never going to recruit that way in football. It just it's just not it's a different demographic, different dynamic. Uh, women's basketball players stay in college at least three years. Mm-hmm. It's like the way basketball used to be for the men in the men's game. You very rarely see underclassmen coming. There was a thing I saw on the ESPN where uh, Caitlin Clark's talking about using her COVID year next year. To come back. She loves yeah. the game. Yeah. She loves the game. So uh, you don't see that in men's basketball. No. Because, no. Partly because the money's so much different. I mean, yeah. first round, first number one overall pick in the NBA is not sniffing what the number one overall pick in the men's game is, is no. getting. So, no. which, I mean, I get it. It, it produces way more revenue. I mean, the, yeah. the women, WNBA can't survive without the NBA. So it's a, it's a different animal. I'm just saying you're going to see more girls that are young ladies that are willing to stay in college like her. That just doesn't happen in men's basketball because yeah. you're turning down too much money. Because she's a yeah. first-round pick from, from everything I've ever read. She's a first-round pick probably. Yeah. Because she's a, a ridiculous scorer. So, yeah. So, anyway, but, yeah, like I said, three five-star guards coming in next year. That The men's team doesn't recruit like that. Or men's football team can't, or the football team can't recruit like that. The men's basketball oh. team can't recruit like that. It's just a different animal. It's a different game. It's not saying I'm not criticizing anyone. I don't care who the men's team brought in. They're not going to recruit like that the way the women's team can because it's just a completely different, completely different dynamic. So, yeah. anyway, Sean, well, that's going to do it for today's show, man. Great, great fun. I really appreciate you, man. A uh, lot of fun today. You and I'll be back tomorrow, right? Yep. I'm, I, I might. I might have a special guest for the first hour at one o'clock and then Sean at two o'clock. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I have a special guest. If that special guest doesn't end up being able to do a show with me, then Sean and I'll go live at two. So, but, uh, so make sure you, you stay locked in. That's why you got to hit that notification bell, Sean, and you got to subscribe to the channel. So, you know, when we're going live. So when we set the show, we'll let you know what's going on. So, Hey, y'all, hit that like button, subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. And, of course, Sean, they got to sign up for the message boards at boards.oshbreakdown.com. Because if you remember the message boards, you would have known a couple days ago that Notre Dame was in good place with CJ Carr and where a lot of other recruits were looking at. So, no. for Sean, I'm Brian. Have a great rest of your night, everybody, and we'll talk to you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.